and worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, Lord God. We thank you so much, Lord, for your your love and how much, Lord, you gave, Lord, to set us free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I've been hearing from the Lord, man your walls, warriors, man your walls. Is there anyone on the ministry team that has a word today? David? Morning, kings and priests. I just want to say a quick prayer over everybody because a lot of times, you know, you're going through turmoil in your life. Sometimes this is the time of the year when turmoil kind of ups its ante, I guess you'd call it. And I just want to pray a prayer of peace and of Christ's love. He said his peace he leaves with us. It's like a coat. You kind of have to put it on. Heavenly Father, right now, we claim Jesus' peace for ourselves and those around us. We bind the evil one that would try to come against us, and we say the peace of God is upon us like a coat. We also say that your love, your wonderful, beautiful, abundant love, is flowing out of us right now to those around us, and that they know your peace and love for them is real, and that you are real, and that you love them more than they can know. We thank you for this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we just declare that one over everybody. The Lord spoke to me a couple days ago and said, it's a new month. And I said, mm-hmm, it is. It's also a new year for me. I just had a birthday. And he just did a download and said, it's a month of suddenlies. How many of you understand what the suddenlies are? It's like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden you get that thought, bam, suddenly you have a revelation of something that last week you thought you had the whole picture. <laughs> and then he gives you an upgrade of maturity and spirituality, and you realize, oh, I just got promoted. And as much as we'd like to think we got promoted to the PhD level, we have the humility of realizing we just got from the third grade to the fourth grade because he's so deep and so rich. And the suddenlies... I mean, this morning, well, let me back up. Um, I, there's a gal that, she came to church the last time I preached. When you were here, you saw me. I just wept. I hadn't seen her in years. And um, she and I pray together all the time, and we, we, um, we've just gone through fire, fury, and flood. I don't know how else to say that. Just deep, deep, wow, stuff. And um, uh, she and I have been praying, and we have a list of people, and we've been using the declaration book, and just phenomenal. And um, I, I have somebody on my list that's just near and dear, and just in a, the goofiest, hurtful, hardship kind of place in life, and the impact that that is on the rest of people around. And I've been praying and saying, Lord, I don't even really know how to pray for this person. Give me wisdom, give me wisdom. And then I had to let it go, and I just keep praying for that person and doing some declarations. I got in my car this morning, and as I'm driving out of my, my little you know, mobile home park, all of a sudden, bam, there was a suddenly. I saw what the enemy was doing, and it was a two-headed serpent, and it was the fear of success and the fear of failure. And I recognized it because I had to call that one out of myself years ago, lop its head off and silence it and tell it it had to leave and fill it with the Lord's presence. 
And then I started to realize how many suddenlies he has been giving me just in the last three or four days. Now, if he's giving me suddenlies, is there anything in the Bible that says he loves me more than you? That there's a reason he gives me suddenlies and he's not you? The difference is, are you asking? Are you looking? Are you seeing? Are you receiving? And if he declares this a month of suddenlies over me, then I, in turn, declare a month of suddenlies over you. I declare that right here, right now, in Jesus' name, suddenlies will come to each one of you. It will be a bam. You will know in your knower. You will jump up. You will rejoice. You'll say, yay, Jesus, wahoo, and run with the truth of what he has just given to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Who's up? I'm feeling there's somebody else that's got a word. Sharon, you got a word back there? Come on, girl. I know that I know there's one more. Here she comes. Yeah, Stephen. Yeah. Thanks, Marilyn. Uh, well, thanks, Marilyn. I you really did provoke me to uh, get up here. Um, so, a friend of mine who um, who um, just somebody that I've known in the past. You know, we had been close, but. Um, over the years, you know, life happens. And um, I ha had intentionally kept my distance because of things that they were going through and just thought, I, you know, there's nothing I can do. You know, how part of us, we think we can rescue the world, save the world in our own strength and in wisdom. You know, and after one or two times of doing that, you realize, oh, yeah, this is way over my head. But... Um, so I was finally able to get together with this friend of mine, and um, I can tell you that the enemy was like, what are you doing? You know, you're opening this door. It's going to be nothing but trouble, nothing but drama, nothing but trauma. And, but I, I did feel that the Lord was, you know, leading step by step to, to move into this direction. And so we got together, and she's talking about the things that the Lord's doing in her life. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's, you know, we were able to talk on the same page. So, you know, whatever that time or distance was, you know, the Lord is dealing with those folks that we are, you know, like Marilyn said, that the folks that we're praying for, praying about, God is at work. He's doing a thing in their lives because God is faithful. It's not because we're faithful, but he loves, he loves more than we can love, and um, he is, he's faithful to take care of. Anyway, so she was far beyond where I was like, it's going to take her eons to get there, but oh my gosh, we were like on the same page. So. Okay, wow, so this is good stuff. Man your walls. Peace like a coat. A new month of suddenlies. Promotion. Comrades walking the distance through fire, fury, and flood. These are all really important and good things here. Silence the roots of fear. You know, the enemy's a booger. So all he can do is lie and try to make you afraid and try to keep you from moving forward with God. God is at work in people's lives, even if we don't know it or imagine that they are. 
that. That is so important. Sometimes we look on the outside and we cannot see what he's doing on the inside of people. So that's, that's really good. Those are some good encouragements. Um, Gals, gang, we're going we're gonna to rock and roll this morning because I don't want to like, go too long, but uh, I do have some good stuff. I felt like after the trip to Barahona, Dominican Republic, that, I don't know, I just had a sense of this seems like a time where it would be important to revisit just the vision and the call that God has placed on us. You know, basically the reason why we're even here. Not like why are you here on earth, but why we are here in this room, why we are moving forward and being persistent with this thing that we call Legacy City Church. So, you know, it had a beginning, and it has, it has, it had a beginning, it has some momentum that's happening, and there are, are prophetic promises and certain DNA type values that we hold really strong, and uh, I don't think I'll be too distracted by those two boys in the front row, but I might. They don't even know I'm talking about them. <laughs> longer you guys mess around, the longer it's going to take me to get this message done, so <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You guys don't mind a little public humiliation, right? Not when it's appropriate. All right, so let's see here. I want to get some notes going. Where are the notes? There they are. So, foundations. I guess I I really feel like I want to start out just by talking about not only why we're here and why we're doing this thing together, but where we all fit. And I know that each one of us that have said, I'm going to give this some time. I'm going to commit a part of my life, a part of my you know, my chained link, my linked together Sunday after Sunday for a stretch and see where this goes and weigh things, get a sense of what God is doing and find out my place. I, I understand we've been in, in many churches, well, not many, but a handful of churches in our lifetime. Stephen can relate to this because he's been in a transition period and, and began that journey. So most of us have been in that journey of tasting of the things of God, tasting of the things of the kingdom, and really receiving those things in a way to where they become a part of you. And then you're kind of wrecked. I used that word the first time you guys walked in. Then you're kind of wrecked for that particular thing of God. You're wrecked for the presence of God. You're, you're, you're just wrecked for worship not being spirit-filled. And we discovered that you can use canned worship and the presence of God still comes because it's not about the music. It's about us as worshipers who welcome his presence and who just want to love on him. You know, we're wrecked for those things. There are certain things that Tammy and I were wrecked for. We were ruined for probably about 17 years ago. I think Isabel was just like two or three at the time when we we got exposed to this, this thing that the Bible talks about called fivefold ministry. Well, the Bible doesn't call it fivefold ministry, but Ephesians uh, 4.11 talks about the fivefold giftings and what their purpose is. 
And in our experience in the four-square denomination here in town, we had never heard of an apostle or a prophet. I believe I did ask Pastor Steve once uh, if apostles were for today, and he, he said yes, he believed so. So I think in the church world, there's always been an embracing of not the whole church world. There are some places where they, you know, everything's ceased. All you need is the Bible, and that's it. There's some problems in Scripture with that kind of thinking, but that aside, I think that people have always accepted that those gifts are still at work, but we just don't necessarily notice it or know when it's flowing. So Tammy and I, well, let's just take a look at Ephesians 2. Let's go to the first slide here. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. I'm just going to pause on that for a second. That scripture is so important that we see ourselves and our involvement in the gathering together of believers as a family, God's household. He has a house, and he's called it the church, the global church in its various expressions all throughout the earth. This place is one of those expressions. It's his heart as our father that we would see ourselves joined together with other believers in a house. Even if we're meeting in different houses throughout the week over lunch or prayer or worship or a corporate gathering on a Sunday, it's, it's still, this is the household because we're the sons and daughters. We're the kids. We've been adopted into the family. And so we get to see church as the family of believers that we get to spend time with. It takes it to a different level when we begin to see each other as family. Like we may part ways, we've parted ways with other people, but we're still family. We're still connected to them because they're in the body of Christ, just as we are. We may even have a relational tear here on earth. Paul had relational issues with people. He disagreed with Barnabas. They went different ways, but God had a work that got accomplished through that parting of ways. God knows how to make all things work for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So if we can just even grab a hold of that truth and the fact that we're all still connected to the body of Christ globally, then we can begin to let go of things that we may still hold on to when it comes to relational partings. And I can look at everyone in this room, and you don't need to think that I'm pointing you out because it's us. <laughs> we went to a different church multiple times. We had partings with people. I've had to forgive. I've had to ask people to forgive me. I'm not perfect. I didn't do it right. They're men and women. They're not perfect, and they don't do it right. And whether they want to try to reconcile or not. It really doesn't matter. What's, what matters is, are we going to run the race? Are we going to get back in the race that Jesus originally saved you for and run that race with perseverance? Fixing your eyes, not on the past. I feel when passion rise up. Don't get emotional. Not on the past, because I can do it just like all of us. I can look backwards at my time in Gig Harbor and in Tacoma and here in Bremerton. The glory days, you know. 
I can focus backwards, but my eyes are on the front of my face and my toes are pointing forward. And Jesus tells us through, I believe, well, we believe it's the Apostle Paul that wrote Hebrews. Whoever wrote Hebrews, it's a mystery, but they believe it's Paul. Hebrews chapter 12 says, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. He's inviting us to run the race with our eyes on him. Look at what he went through. Look at the betrayal Jesus went through. Yet what did he do on the cross? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they have done or what they're doing. Man, the king of love on the cross, going that far for you and me, that we could become the sons and daughters of God, that we could see this gathering of like-minded, spirit-indwelt, born-again believers and see each other as family, whether we get along or not, because God knows when you got five kids, they don't all get along all the time, do they? I'm not, not looking at you for any reason. Uh, Emily, we'll look at you. The troublemaker. No, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. They know when I'm joking, so hopefully you guys can know that too. But if you have kids, even if you have one child or two, you know, if you have one, uh, Amy could give us some testimonies of, you know, rebellion, thick, thick-skinned, thick-skulled. Kids fight. We have disagreements. We may not always get along, and we may move to different parts of the country and have our own families and not talk much. Hopefully that's not the way. It doesn't have to go that way. But I think you guys understand what I'm saying, so I'm going to move on. Fellow citizens with God's people and members of his house. Here's an important value that Tammy and I got in our DNA, or maybe we, I don't know how you want to describe it. It just got in us. The foundation of the apostles and prophets, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now that is a whole message on its own. We did talk a little bit about the temple veil being torn, and now you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're not going to go into that, but you are a dwelling place for God. You are a living stone that God is joining together with other believers to become a holy dwelling for him, a house of worship, a house of prayer, a house of healing, a house of reconciliation, a house of salvation springing up from the ground everywhere we walk throughout our city. But it's built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. There's something important about these offices, these, these ministry offices that are vital for the church to be healthy. I know that there's only a few places that talk about apostles and prophets, mainly in Ephesians, but it's all throughout the New Testament. But there's only one place that says the word pastor, in case you were curious. It's only mentioned one time. Pastor is only used one time in the whole New Testament. Yet everywhere we look in the church kingdom, the church world, who's in charge? It's the pastor, pastor slash teacher. Oh, but there are evangelists that travel around, you know, they... They do evangelize and cast out the net and hopefully the fish that get saved go to all the neighboring churches in the city. That's kind of the plan usually. 
But what about these apostles and prophets? What are they? So let's go to Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 2, that last one, shows us that he's building his church on a foundation, and the foundation has an apostolic anointing or gifting that's influencing it, and a prophetic anointing or gifting that is influencing it with Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 4.11 says, so Christ himself gave. These are gifts that he gave us. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, not to do all the work of ministry for us while we sit back and let them do all of the ministry for us. No, he gave those gifts to us to equip the people, all of us, all y'all. He gave the fivefold. That's the fivefold, if you're curious what I mean by fivefold. Five parts, fivefold. It's easy to say it that way. He gave those five ministry gifts, those five offices, to equip the saints, which is you and me. You are a saint. You're no longer a sinner. You've been notified, okay? Take that home with you today. Put that in your peace pipe and smoke it. You are a saint. You are not a sinner. You are no longer a sinner. You are a saint. And as a saint, God wants to equip you for every good work that he has prepared in advance for you to do. So he's given us the fivefold to equip the people for his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So there's a plan. God wants to build up his church. He wants to grow us up. He wants to mature all of his sons and daughters to become just like who? Just like our King Jesus. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Wow. Now that is a tall order in our eyes. But in his eyes, it's already a done deal. He sees you. He already sees you and he's calling you the one that is not, as though you already are. He chose you before the foundations of the world. So that means even when you weren't saved and you were in rebellion and sin, he still saw you as one of his redeemed ones. I don't know how it all works, being able to see the future and being able to, as God, to look at the end of history and the beginning all at once and know exactly what's going to happen. But he's outside of, he's in time with us and he's also outside time and space. Wrap your mind around that one. Sounds like a sci-fi thing, Dave. <laughs> so, let me just look at some notes here. Fivefold ministry, they're the gifts to the church that Christ gave the church. We felt that as a couple on this journey of trying to find a church before God gave us a call to plant, we wanted to find a church that had an appreciation and an embracing of apostolic and prophetic gifts because those are the gifts that are really needed in the church. So maybe let's talk a little bit about what an apostle is. I'm going to skip a whole bunch of stuff here just for the sake of time. So apostles, a good way to think of an apostle if you run into an apostolic person. And by the way, let me back up. Their, their job is to equip us. So whatever they carry as a strong office gift is meant to get on you. So if you're hanging out with an evangelist, you're going to start getting evangelistic. 
you're going to become an evangelistic Christian. You're going to want to, you're going to get a passion to see people saved. You're going to be like, I need to go do this and witness to somebody. I need to get my faith out of me and speak it to the public. You know, that's kind of what happens when you're around them. So an apostle, apostles are a good word to describe an apostle as fathering, somebody that's a father, a spiritual dad. Most of you guys have met Galen Gingrich, Galen and Danette. God brought them into our lives as a, as a spiritual father. Um, some people would say he's a mentor to them, but we embrace him as a father because that is what we wanted. That's what we were asking God for, and that's what he gave us. So they're fathers. Some of the kind of peculiar angles that, that apostolic gifted, I would say men and women, I don't think it's limited to just men, um, apostles are like, they're, they're people that are able to see things from a heavenly perspective. They kind of know the heavenly blueprint, and so they know when they're looking at the foundations of the local church, they can speak into those things, just like Paul did. He was always going back to the foundation of where they started, what they're building, what things that they need to work on and get rid of and focus on, what could be added, and he always wanted to come and impart something good to them and be mutually encouraged because he's a son just like the rest a son or like the rest of the sons and daughters. So they're their fathers, they see the heavenly blueprint, they are wise builders, they see foundations. And their history is marked by miracles, signs, and wonders. Now, I don't think that means that we have to expect them to wow us with miracles, signs, and wonders. But I think that is part of the biblical description of an apostle, that their ministry is marked by those things. And if you think that is a a tall order for the apostle, well, guess what? You and I have the same things on us. Everyone who believes in Jesus, the Bible tells us, Those who go in his name and preach the gospel, these signs shall follow. Read it in Mark chapter 16. You should heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. It's not just for the apostles. Um, When you don't have apostolic relationship as a church, you can become an orphan-minded church. I don't know how far we're going to get today. This is flying by fast. Apostles equip the saints to view life from heaven's perspective. Just like Paul said, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Paul was always calling the church to don't get trapped in what you see here going on on earth. There is a spiritual realm and a spiritual battle taking place. Equip yourself, put on your armor, and fix your mind and fix your eyes on Jesus who is seated in heaven waiting for all of his enemies to be made a footstool for his feet. So that's kind of an apostolic thing, is to call our minds, call our eyes, our perspective upward. What's going on in heaven? What's broken here on earth that's not broken in heaven? Well, if we see something broken here on earth, but it's not broken in heaven, then we're going to pray and declare, your kingdom come here on earth, just as it is in heaven. If there's no sickness there, then we are going to say to sickness here, you have to bow to the name of Jesus because we have been given authority to pull on heaven and bring that heavenly realm into earth. That's how Jesus told us to pray. He didn't say, beg God to do it, beg God to take it away, beg God to do everything. He said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done here on the earth. 
So the prophet, prophets, they work alongside the apostles. At least they should. A lot of times they don't like each other. I've heard Chris Vallotton say, trying to gather prophets is like trying to herd cats. Prophetic people are very, you know, uh, touchy, sensitive. You know, their sensors pick up on stuff in the spirit. And so they, they read rooms, they read people. And, but God's plan is that they work side by side, that, that the church has this apostolic and prophetic edge. So they should work alongside the apostle. And they should be equipping the church to hear the voice of the Lord. Like, the teacher is so awesome. The teacher says, get the Bible and read it. Read the word of God. You need the word of God. We have to have the word. The, the pastor is so important because he's like, love each other. Love the sheep. You know, take care of one another. And the evangelist is like, go f- draw them into the kingdom. The prophet's like, you can hear Jesus. He said, my sheep know my voice, and they will run from a stranger. So the prophet is their gifting is to equip you to hear the voice of God. When you have an apostolic and prophetic influence in a local church, then there is this not only seeing the heavenly blueprint, but hearing from God directly of where we focus now. So the blueprint is huge. Do we focus on healing? Do we focus on you know, maturing people? What do we focus on? We need to learn to hear the voice of God, and we need, as a, as a local church, an apostolic and prophetic voice speaking in, invited in, to help us move forward in what we're trying to build. I want to just pause for a second. So, some of us in this room, God has put it in your body, in your, in your DNA, to be a builder. Like you, want to, you want to build. Some of us, you just want to be someplace where the presence of God is flowing. You don't want to do anything. Some of us, you know, we have different ministry gifts that we want us to put to work. I would say that there's room for all of those things in this place. If you're here and you just want a place and you don't care if it takes a long time for the builders to build what their vision describes that they're trying to build or what they feel God is saying that this should become, and you just want to not get overworked and overwhelmed with the nitty-gritty details, this place is perfect. I mean, I could just show up and worship here. I love worshiping with you guys. Someday we'll have a, a real worship team. We won't have to, you know, use Bethel. Not that I mind, but Tammy does. <laughs> so all, all I'm saying is I think there's room for everyone, and, and there's not one single focus that everyone is expected to line up with and march forward in. Just like in a house, there's different functions and different things. I would say moms and dads probably are the ones mainly that have this pioneering spirit inside of them. They want to they see a stable, solid house established. And your part to play may be, well, anyway, there, there's so many different things. So, yeah, I'm speaking to everybody here. It's, this, is, this is what we're doing. We feel like God has given us something to, to establish in Bremerton that is not meant to look like this forever, but we don't know what it's going to look like. But we're inviting anyone who wants to build 
to run with us and build and go after the heart of God for our city. So, a little bit about that. See, well, no, we can, we're going to have to fly through this. So let's get the Proverbs up here. We need some Proverbs. It's all one verse, a couple different translations. I like the passion. It says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, the people quickly wander astray. In other words, this is going to be brought probably out as I try to hear God lead me in, in timing. There's a lot of things that are going to probably seem like, oh, we've talked about that before. But these are those, those values and those things in our DNA as a, as a household that we feel like God wants us to continue to sew in and massage in so that it really gets to be a part of us and so that we remember. We remember why we're doing this. But we're, when there is no clear prophetic vision, if we're just like, well, let's just see what God's going to do week by week, and, you know, we, we want those, those clear prophetic words to be sat before us. I'm going to skip the 20, no, 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 put the 2018 prophetic words up there. This was just prophetic words in general for the whole world to look at, mostly pulled from the Elijah list, for those of you that look at it. This is a year of acceleration, a year of extreme victories, a year of light and glorious new beginnings. It's a time to run with heavenly assignments, intimacy with him and warring with him, bold prayer, forgiveness, 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 <laughs> change of language, change of language. We got some, some really good salt shakers or maybe spice jars in this room that really carry those some of those things i think there's a good mix of all of those spices in this room i think all of you guys carry some of these things in different different levels change of language yeah i do yeah you know and all this we're talking about is not just for the adults it's for you guys too ethan and Clayton, and Austin, and Judah, and Savannah, and Nora, and Grace, and Oscar. And Oscar. It's for all of you. All you, and yeah, and you guys too. Like, you hear from God as well as we do. And as we're moving forward, you guys get to choose how you minister. None of us get to say, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's your, God's going to tell you. He's you, Nora, love to flag. That's your expression of worship. You love that. It may not be someone else's, and that's okay. You guys have freedom to walk how God has called you to walk. And, and just, and we want your input. And speaking of the innocent little kids flagging in the back, if we didn't have that, you would feel the difference. I know that there is a difference when worship is, is taking place and God's daughters are delighting themselves in his presence. They may not fully engage the way you might engage, but they are delighting themselves in the Lord, and they are worshiping him through dance. And I know I've got enough of a glimpse of the Father's heart to know he loves it. He loves his girls. I heard a prophetic word given one time by a woman for other women um, that were broken, girls that had been through a lot of trauma in their lives, and Jesus was walking in this garden full of flowers. And he said, these are 
my lovelies. <laughs> He's a gardener, and he sees every young lady just like a, the perfect orchid that a master gardener is growing and taking care of and making sure the elements don't destroy it. And that's just the girls. Dudes, don't make me pull out that picture of Iron Man again. You have no junior Holy Spirit. Every one of us has the Holy Spirit living in us, and he wants to get out. The temple veil inside of your body, the veil that's inside of your heart, God wants to rip that thing wide open, and he wants to be released out of your body. He wants to land upon you just like the dove rested on Jesus. The Holy Spirit landed on Jesus in the form of a dove, anointing him for his life and ministry. Even though he was God, as a man, he did everything anointed by the Holy Spirit. And you and I are called to grow up into that likeness, into that image, to be just like Jesus and release the same Holy Spirit just like Jesus did. Whoa, I felt virtue go out of my body. Someone touched me. Who did it? Savannah? No. Somebody, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be funny, but you can laugh. It's okay. It's church. Laughter is appropriate in church because one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy, and one of the manifestations is laughter. So, so prophetic ver- verbs, prophetic words, and things that have been given to us as a church. Let's just play one clip. Are you all ready? This was Teresa back in June. Teresa Farley, she's a prophetic voice that we have invited to speak from the outside in. We have very prophetic people in this church. All of you, Julia. You guys. I'll just, sorry. Didn't mean to just pick on Julia. But I felt like I needed to. Marilyn, Connie, Naira, Lynette, Judy, Nancy, and the rest of you. You're prophetic. Sharon, you guys hear the Lord and you speak it out. And and I'm so proud of this gang of how you guys are so full of love and you hear and you know how to deliver the word that you hear. Teresa is a voice, a prophetic voice that we believe is not just prophetic, but she has an office of prophet on her life. And so we've invited her to speak into the foundation. So this is what she shared with us. Just a snippet of that message. Means really in the fullness of it. I I may think I know what it means, but actually... I see people coming and going. I saw, I saw a picture of the doors of the church being very wide like this, and hands came out from the side. I saw people coming in, but I saw Pastor Scott consecrating and commissioning people to go. You know, I think that's really about what the word is, this corporate word that is landing over you. You are in the favor and in the blessing of God. And everywhere you go in this city, in this region, in this land, you are called to release blessing. Come into the union of godly thinking that creates impact for the city of Bremerton. The man that originated this town was a man who was a godly follower. He was a philanthropist, and he set lands aside and monies aside to make sure that this town would continue and remain a thriving town. And one of the first things he did was establish church. That's the legacy that he left 
for Bremerton, and you're part of that legacy. Imagine it. You see, the life of that man continues forward in the legacy that he led and le left for all of you. That church was the first beacon of light that began to stroll and roll across, across the land that called feet back into the presence of God. You are those feet that have come before the Lord. As his priests and as a nation of priests, you are the ones that rise up in the sanctuary of his temple, which is right here, and you release the good news, the word, the power, the pressing truth that changes the lives of individuals, that releases those that are shackled down, that lifts up the broken back, that heals those who are suffering in great distress. You are the ones who release the word of God through the sanction of heaven that begins to open up the possibility of promise in life that every human being on the face of the earth was meant to experience. I could just put that on repeat and drive around Bremerton. <laughs> I might just do that with Tammy. Go on a prayer drive. Put that on repeat. So we're going to wrap it up. So why don't you guys stand? One more, and there's so much I felt like I wanted to try to communicate today, but I just felt like time was not allowing Maybe, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to lead me to do over the next weeks. Um, by the way, next week, Marilyn's going to bring the word. Maybe she's just going to hear the Holy Spirit so clearly this time. No, I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. But maybe what I meant to say, besides joking with her, what I meant to say is perhaps the Holy Spirit will grab something that is part of the prophetic DNA of this church and weave it right out through Marilyn's words and continuing the stitching of what he's knitting together in this place in Legacy City Church. Before we were Legacy City Church, and we are closing with this, um, we were giving a prophetic, given a prophetic word, and we've shared this with you guys before. We didn't know what to call us as a house church before anything so we're just like well our hope had been renewed and someone said well I'm not planting renewal centers because they didn't like the Holy Spirit's activity in weird ways so they said we're not planting renewal centers everywhere and I thought renewal center what's that I kind of like the sound of that I want to plant a renewal center so so we we were like well how about hope renewal ministries it kind of just came about for Tammy and I and what we needed to put a name on it. it can't just be Scott and Tammy's house church. You know, I mean, it could have, but needed to have something. But we wanted to wait on the church name, which came later. But Hope Renewal Ministries, when we were still calling ourselves that, we were up in Port Angeles, and Stephen and Wendy Backlund were there uh, teaching. By the way, we're going to get a dose of them in February when they come do the global legacy thing. But we'll talk more about that later. But one of their prophetic ministry team people gave us a word and they took our name hope renewal ministries and they they wrote an like an acronym and god gave her a word for every one of the letters in hope renewal ministry so we're going to close by going over it but what i want to do is encourage you guys to not only 
read the words and hear it. And if you want to speak it out with me, maybe we could declare it together. Let's do that. As you speak it out, see it. See yourself becoming or that word becoming a part of you. Find the parts of the word that resonate with you and grab a hold of it and let that be what you punch into this groundbreaking that we are still doing. Maybe it's not groundbreaking, but I don't know. That's the picture I got. Just let it be something that you grab hold of as we continue to, to swing the axe, to shove down the shovel, put in the nails. Well, let's not put nails in. That sounds kind of scary. So anyway, you guys good? You ready? Isabel, you ready? Okay. Hope Renewal Ministries. So today let's declare that we are, as a church, High-level influencers, orchestrating powerful pillars in the community, excellent stewards of his presence, releasing everlasting newness of life, exact timing of God, wonder-filled, abounding in love, joy, faith, and power, like-minded in beliefs, Miracles, signs, and wonders, intimacy and authenticity, nearness to God, impossible made possible, a sweet fragrance from heaven right now, a training center for inner transformation, revelation-inspired messages and messengers in over our heads, established in our identity in Christ, and success as a team. Stop for a second. Don't make it go away, Isabel. A training center for inner transformation. One of the, that's, I feel like that's my, my picture that I get. I see what God wants as a church through this expression. We're not the only church building in the city, but what he has for us is to become a center, a place, a house, for inner transformation, for people to get healed and set free and know who they are in Christ. So let's pray. Yeah, Father, we just worship you. We thank you, God, that you have qualified each one of us to be partakers, to be partakers of the divine nature, as your word says, to be those who who get to have the Holy Spirit come and live inside of us and unite yourself by your spirit with our spirit, becoming one with us. That's too much for my mind to wrap around. But I take it at your word, Lord, and I say, thank you. Who am I? Who are we that we would be chosen by you to be indwelt by your presence, to be adopted into your family, to be given a call to establish your kingdom here in the earth. But we offer ourselves to you today. We present our bodies before your throne today as living instruments, living vessels, instruments of righteousness, every part of who we are. We take our thoughts, our inner world, our dreams, our future plans, our desires, all of the things that we want in this life, Lord, we bring it before you because we want your best, which is the best. We want your best to come 
and take over. We want to lose all of ourselves in you, King Jesus. Let our lives be so fully immersed and wrapped up in who you are that we truly can say with your word, our lives are hidden in Christ. We want to be hidden in you. It's so safe inside of you, Jesus. It's so safe here under the shadow of your wing. We abide here. We abide. We soak. We rest. We rest in who you are, and we rest in who you say we are. And just like the prodigal son, we want to go out as you send us out. We want to go out and whistle for those wandering prodigal sons and daughters and call them back to the arms of a loving father who's longing for them to come home. And we want to be finding our home there too. If we begin to wander, you're faithful and you bring us right back. So we thank you, God, that you've brought us into that that relationship, into the arms of the Father. And we're so safe. We thank you for your embrace, for that robe of sonship, daughtership, that ring of authority that you've placed, the family crest, the family ring on our hands the authority of King Jesus on our lives. These are powerful people in this room, and I declare it today. You are powerful people in the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Heaven is on your side, and hell trembles. All the earth longs and waits for you and me to manifest King Jesus and his life through our bodies in the earth. So we just thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus, and we just give you this week in Jesus' name.